I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Welcome to Spin oh, what's up, y'all? It's Jonathan Rollins. And Skiff Misara. <laughs> Two Americans living in Sweden talking about domestic violence on the football field. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, man. Oh, man. <laughs> we are Tough back. Way. Tough yeah. way to ring in the new year for your Dolphins. Uh, was yeah. I had a, a pretty low-key new year myself, though. We mm. had, Our plans, like, fell apart. Um, mm. Like, lead, like we we're going to have our normal group thing, and one thing led to another. Everything, all the plans fell apart, and we just decided to just get a hotel room mm. and watch the fireworks and uh, get a suite so the kids have their room, we have our room, and, nice. and have dinner, have... um. Pretty shitty dinner. Oh wow! And uh, yeah, pretty shitty dinner. And we did that. Oh, and <laughs> not to brag, but right. they forgot to charge me. Oh, they had some system issue, and they didn't charge us for the dinner. And it was it was shit. like like a, a week before we had this fantastic experience at um my friend Luda's uh, restaurant. Right. Has very very high level food tasting for their winter menu. You know what I mean? They're bringing all the stuff. I told you about it. And, yeah. Uh, and then I go to this restaurant. I mean, this a uh, hotel, and they have their New Year's dinner, and it's just such a drop off in the restaurant experience. <laughs> go from that mm. to that. This just a, a <coughs> steak brought to you by a spearmint. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> by Wrigley's Wrigley's steak. Wow. <laughs> It was just like, really? This the New Year's food after that? And then they had some system issue, and the lady was like, I'm sorry, I can't charge you, but I'll put it on your room. And I was like, mm. put it on the room. Gave her the room number. It may or may not have been my room number. Uh, no, I'm just kidding. I gave her <laughs> <laughs> I gave her my room number. Then when I went to pay at the end, the next day, she they were put like. put it on the kid's room number. That would be funny. <laughs> sorry, Bash, son, but that's your problem. My son, hey. <laughs> You got Barber Drug. <laughs> you better pay that shit with two Barber Drugs. <laughs> so so I uh, I went to the desk and they were like, you're good to go. I said, I'm good to go? <laughs> She's like, you're good to go? I was like, happy new year. And I got the fuck out of Dodge. I'm sure it might pop up later. Who knows? We, um, so... I, we had a very interesting New Year's. We we were invited to a party. These friends of ours who live on a boat down in Long Holman, um, and we had a lovely dinner where there was a couple of different couples there, and everybody was responsible for one course of the meal. Oh, really? 
And uh, I made an appetizer. I made shrimp po' boy sliders. Mmm. God damn. You didn't even know. They didn't even know. Oh, man. didn't even know what was coming. It was good. (laughs) Oh, man. Peppers in there. It was spicy, too. It was good. Damn. Did they do the Swedish? For those of our listeners that aren't Swedish, Swedes are very passionate eaters. And it's really nice to cook for Swedish people because they go all in with, "Mm, mm, 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 mm." and they're really, uh, I call my wife a narrator because I feel like she describes everything that's happening in her life out loud. (laughs) So she's just like, oh, this is very good. It seems like you used some pepper. And then it's it's like, just fucking eat it. So I love cooking for Swedish people, man. Yeah, and for me, I feel like, okay, this would not really be proper unless I was able to start with college football. Obviously, I'm talking about the Orange Bowl. Not sure if you can orange. I'm not sure if you can orange a motherfucker like you can grapefruit them, but I'm going to try because my (laughs) Georgia Bulldogs thumped the living shit. Out of your most hated college football rival, the Florida State Seminoles, right there in Miami Dolphins slash Hurricane. Fuck that guy. Yeah, fuck fuck the Seminoles. 63-3. Now, obviously, it was tough to lose in the SEC championship and miss out on the playoffs, but it's a nice way to end the year on the right foot. And then, obviously, I wake up on New Year's Day. Uh, or woke up this morning actually to discover that the uh, Alabama Crimson Tide have lost and they're out of the playoffs. So that's always really? a nice thing. They lost to Michigan in overtime last night. Was Harbaugh uh, coaching? Yeah. yeah okay, yeah. he's, he's, he's allowed to coach? Yeah, wow. he's allowed to coach now. He's auditioning, huh? He's like, he's like, hey, check this out. Hey, Nick. Hey, Nick, I can yeah. win at two levels. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> Yeah, he outlasted uh, Alabama, beat them in overtime. Uh and then in the other game, watch um Washington uh Washington beat um Texas. What? Uh, yeah, Washington beat Texas. So the college football final which will be next week will be wow. Washington versus Michigan. Interesting. They're both Big 10, right? Uh, no. Well, they will be next year okay. um, after the realignment, but Washington mm. is still technically in the Pac-12. Pac-12, okay. Um, but the Pac-12 is collapsing. It's and going it's, away, yeah. It's only going to be the Pac-2 next year. <laughs> so, a two-pack. <laughs> be a two-pack. A two-pack of ass. I'm here to double down. That shit is a, a two-pack of ass. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. Uh, no. Yeah, that's perfect. Perfect sound drop for that. Um, so on New Year's Eve, obviously the games that we're going to talk about mo- took place on New Year's Eve. Most of them, yeah. um, I did not see any of them live. The annoying um, part is there were uh, ten of them were at the same time. I know. Isak stayed home on New Year's Eve and watched them while we went to this party. He he was like, I'd rather stay. We invited him to come with us, but he was like, ah, I'd kind of rather stay home and watch these games. Um, but my phone was blowing up all night because obviously it was the fantasy football championship mm. as well. And so my phone is just like exploding in my pocket all night long. And I'm trying to look at it without 
you know, I'm trying mm-hmm. to be at the party, but also I'm watching the thing. And I, I thought I was going to lose. I'm in the finals of this NFL. End of the night, I turn out on top as the fucking winner of the NFL Fantasy Football Championship. Congratulations, man. Very unexpected. Uh, it was a close three-point victory. Even though you had your starting running back was out. Raheem Mostert. Lost him. We we could have used him. <laughs> yeah, yeah. In real life. In yeah, real life. yeah, you could have used him in real life, for sure. Um, but of course, it's always dumb to talk about fantasy football. So let's talk about real football. Thursday night. Yeah. Uh, Browns thirty-seven, Jets twenty. Joe Flacco. This guy was on the Jets roster and cut <laughs> after the twenty twenty-two season, and most certainly would have made a serviceable backup for Aaron Rodgers. Post mm-hmm. Achilles injury, walked out onto the field on a cold, dark Cleveland Thursday night, and he set the Jets on fire. It was unbelievable. <laughs> uh, I feel like we talked about this game the other day, didn't we? We did, yeah. We did. We talked about this game already. Yeah, yeah. Uh, and our emergency, so- we had an emergency podcast. <laughs> Those of you that missed it, we had an emergency podcast when we talked about. Denver Broncos uh, parting ways, uh, soon to be parting ways with Russell Wilson. <laughs> And yeah, that's true. Thursday game. Yeah. So we can skip that game. Fuck that Let's game. We it. talked about it already. Um, oh, fuck that game. We move on to the most controversial game of the week, I think. I don't uh, know why. Cowboys, Lions, hmm. 20 to 19. Um, I mean, obviously a lot of things happen in this game, but, but it's a good game. It seems, seems like the only thing that's really worth talking about is like how it ended. Mm-hmm. Yeah. There has been some more information that has emerged. So for those of you who missed it, um, the Lions, well, first of all, Mike McCarthy made a bunch of dumb decisions to leave too much time <laughs> on the clock. Yes, man. Uh, he had the, he, they could have run this game down to like yeah. no time at all. What was uh, he thinking? Instead, like, what? instead of running the ball, he's out here throwing it out of bounds. It's like, what are you doing, you guys? It was like, so stupid. It was so dumb. Anyway, the Lions get the ball back. They drive down the field. They score a touchdown. The score is 19 to 20. And Dan Campbell, of course, is like, I'm not interested in your ties. I don't want to go to overtime. I want to win it right now. So he goes for two. Now. In an ideal world, you don't want a loss. You want to win. But if you can't get the win. And, mm. You know, sometimes you sell for the tie. A lot of football I, left to go in the season. If you think, like, it, the, the spectrum of coaching philosophy, <laughs> Lovey Smith is, like, down here with the tie, yeah. and Dan yeah. Campbell is, like, way up here. Like, I'm going for two regardless. Here's the thing. He's uh, done a fake field goal. Yeah. He's going forward on fourth at least three times during the game. And then the, the graphic came up that he's the most aggressive on fourth down in the league. Yeah. But – one thing I've always heard, even as a kid, you don't mm. take points off the board. Mm. And they made a kick, right? What do you mean? Or did he not make a kick? Oh, maybe I'm mixing my games up. No, no, no. no. So, okay. He here's has what happened. A, at, it was so here's stupid. What happened, here's what happened at the end. They scored the touchdown. Yes, they could have kicked the field goal to tie it. Dan Campbell right. decides to go for two. Now – where things got weird was he tried to play a little deception game. Yeah, yeah. That 
that sort of backfired. So essentially what he did is he sent two linemen over mm-hmm. to the referee. Presumably one of them was going to report as an eligible receiver. But at the same time, they substituted in another lineman. So you had three linemen walking up to the referee at the same time. Now, obviously, one of them was reporting as an eligible receiver, and they didn't want the Cowboys to know which one it was. Problem was is that the deception was so good that it appears that they fooled the referee as well because Mm -hmm. they ran the play. Goff throws the touchdown to – what's his name? Decker – uh, mm. who was a lineman and they get the two point conversion that you think they've just won the game. And now all of a sudden the confusion starts and the referee claims that somebody else reported Dan Campbell claims that they're wrong. So you've got, he said, he said situation going on. And I really think that you could, pr- there's no way the referee is not mic'd up during this game. Right. They say it before the play. Number blah, blah, blah is eligible. They should say that, but they didn't. They didn't say it this time? I don't think that they did because I was. Hey, guess, I went what back ref, and, guess what refereeing crew this is? Yeah, exactly. Brad Allen. Yep. Um, and that crew has been mistake prone all season. Mm-hmm. Um, and also one of the other. And the, the league announced yesterday that they are essentially siding with the refs and they think that Dan Campbell engaged in this game of deception that backfired mm-hmm. on him. They're basically it's saying unspo- it's his It's own kind of fault. unsportsmanlike conduct. Kinda. Yeah, maybe. You know, they've um, been, and this year they've been calling a lot of that deceptive shit. Like, this is the first year I've seen what they call for the a shift mm. and the offensive lineman jerks because of mm. the shift, even mm-hmm. though they don't go in the neutral zone. This is the first year I've seen it. And they're like, mm. it's like they're tired. I think they might even try to attack this... Uh, this uh, they're calling it a CFL Canadian Football League type of stuff that like the Dolphins uh, motion that teams mm. are doing now. They might even attack that soon or be more mm. strict about mm-hmm. how these guys are mm-hmm. doing because they're tired of uh, this deceptive shit. So I don't. I honestly don't really know exact. I, it's I, I have mixed feelings about this situation because on one level, um, I I, re- I like Dan Campbell. I think he may have. He may have just gotten he he got a little too tricky for his own good maybe. Yep. Um, but at the same time, this this referee crew, Brad Allen and his guys, do seem to be um, pretty terrible because yeah. e- even on the on the heels of the of the league saying we side with the referees, essentially, they also announced a few hours later that this Brad Allen crew would not okay. be receiving any uh, playoff, playoff games this year. A lot of people don't know this, but. The refs, the referee crews, they get grades after every game. Mm-hmm. And at the end of the season, if your grade isn't high enough, you're not getting a playoff game. So this is clearly they not also, a good crew. Uh, they called a tripping penalty in the game, right. too. Did you see that? But it wasn't. Yeah. It was the, their own player. <laughs> it's like, <laughs> they're fucking up. But I, I also don't feel bad for Dan Campbell. He had right. three opportunities to kick the ball. <clears throat> exactly, and that—that's the other side of it. That's pretty. He even went for it after a penalty. <clears throat> so after, after this penalty was called for illegal touching, um, you know, at that point you think, okay, well, 
The Lions should point. kick a field goal and go to overtime. But he went for two. They got lucky. Micah Parsons was offside. Yep. And um, and then now you have a third chance, and he still goes for two. And then Goff makes a shitty pass, and they don't get it. Um, I mean, the thing is, is that the, I don't feel that bad for the Lions either. They're eleven and five. They're they yeah. they clinched their they had, yeah they had their place yeah. They clinched their division, so they're going to be fine. And in all honesty, this can only be good for them because now they can move forward playing with a big ass chip on their shoulder. A um, big ass chain, a big ass chip, yeah. <laughs> a chip, a big ass chip. Um, and they can, you know, Dan Campbell will, is, will be great at figuring out a way to take that disappointment and use it as motivation. So I, yeah. I I'm not worried about them. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah, that was that was the controversy that defined that game, but and they did a good job too. Their defense kind of hung in there. So Cowboys offense. I feel like for all you, if we have, I don't know if we have Cowboys fans, but I feel like we haven't even mentioned the Cowboys, uh, who you gotta say it, C.D. Lamb, thirteen receptions for two hundred and twenty-seven yards with a fumble <laughs> at the end yeah. zone. Yeah, yeah. I thought I thought about you because he they asked him about it, uh, and he said what you would say. He said, "I'm not." He's like, "I shouldn't have fumbled the ball. That's the yeah. rule." He's like, "So I thought that was cool that he took accountability for it." Yeah. Um, but anyway, even with all that, the guy just went absolutely nuclear with 227 yards. Um, they it was a it was a smash mouth football game. They were. They played it close. They played it tight. Came down to the wire. Um, but the Cowboys also in the other game we'll talk about later um, now occupy the number one spot in this division because of the Eagles dropping their game. So it's um, mm. pretty fascinating. We got a surprisingly good game out of the Patriots Bills. Yeah. I had actually thought the Patriots might pull it out. I mean, it could have been wishful thinking. But then I got shocked when they when I saw the score cup popping up as I'm watching my game, the and the Patriots were like they started off with a kickoff return for a touchdown, and mm. then it was just it, they made it tough. But then Zappy just unraveled from there. Zappy is certified, certified <laughs> trash. Yeah. When we talk yeah. about, I mean, we we give the Jets a lot of shit. The Patriots never really tried to fix their quarterback situation either. No. And they've got a defense just as good as the Jets' defense. So they mm. could have been justified in trying to go get a Dobbs or get a Flacco or get, you know, something to hold this shit together. But I don't know. They stuck with their two uh, water pistols. Yep. <laughs> they, had, uh, trash. they had some very serious turnover issues. Uh, the Patriots had one lost fumble and Zappy also threw – three interceptions, one of which was a 50-yard pick six mm. uh, to Rasul Douglas. Another reason why I won my fantasy championship, because I took Buffalo as my defense. Mm. Um, remember I accidentally took them <laughs> in the draft? I, like, accidentally yes. took yes, them in I the eighth cl- round, yeah. and everybody them all year. That's why I won. <laughs> <laughs> well done. Uh, but, yeah, this was an interesting game. Josh Allen did not play very well. Um, That's what three games in a row. Mm, it was a defensive battle, um, but the Bills came out on top, mostly because Bailey Zappi sucks. 
Yeah. I, I would yeah, say. Man. Yeah. Um, I thought I was going to see Mac Jones, but they must be done with that dude. Oh, yeah. They're finished. Damn. They're finished. And, I mean, <clears throat> you know, there's been a lot of reports that Belichick is not going to be the coach of the Patriots next year. So, I don't know. This, Move over Gibb Smith. <laughs> yeah. Maybe they could switch him out. Bill could go Yeah, to, they should try to trade him. If they're smart, they can get some assets for him. And then uh, they'll have somebody in there that can do something with assets since they're getting rid of him. <laughs> since he was their GM. The hell, yeah. man. He probably doesn't yeah. want to relinquish that duty. But the Chargers fired their GM and their coach. So maybe Belichick is like, hey, man, I can do it all. I can do it all. Um, Speaking of relinquishing some duty, let's talk about the Falcons. <laughs> <laughs> Losing like 37 to 17 to the Chicago Bears in a Chicago snowball. Um, I don't know, man. I don't know what to tell you. Taylor Heineke is, is just mm. terrible. Uh, here's another quarterback who threw three interceptions. Nah, that ain't it, y'all. Yeah, exactly. And then Taylor Heineke goes 10 for 29, 163 yards, a touchdown, three picks. He gets injured. Ritter comes in, only throws four passes, and he winds up throwing a pick as well. I felt so bad, man. Oh, my God. Justin Fields Fields played really well. He's auditioning for the Falcons. A lot of people think that. A lot of people think that he is on. He went off, man. Jones. He looked like a professional quarterback, man. Yep, and he had uh, he had it cooking to DJ Moore, who had 159 yards and Jeez. a touchdown. Khalil Herbert had a day, just ran all over us. The only good player we had in this game was Tyler Algier. Um, mm. He played really well. He had a long, long 75 yeah. yard touchdown run off of a little dump off pass. Yeah. Um, but you know, I'm still besides this game. I'm still like kind of more or less focused on the words of the owner saying, mm. barring a late season collapse, yeah, Arthur Smith is going to keep his job. And I'm like, okay, for me personally, losing to the Panthers, and the that in itself was a late season collapse. And then we fucked around and beat the Colts, but now we just got curb stomped by the Bears. Are yeah. do are we already there? Are we already there? At a is late it, season, it, collapse. what is this? A late season, like shortness of breath? <laughs> yeah, I don't know. Like, it's I like mean, a late season dizziness. To, <laughs> when does it collapse? To, do we have to lose to the Saints in order for it to be a certifiable late season collapse? I guess. If, if the Saints do a Raiders Chargers on you, yeah, you might want to root for a beatdown. Yeah, because we still have a chance to win the division, oddly right. enough. So you got to root for if you want Arthur Smith out of there. You got to root for the Saints to embarrass your team. I, I that's a weird place to be. I gotta yeah. be honest with you. Like I normally, I maybe yeah. And if the I Saints, really, I mean, you got a good roster, so the Saints fans should really want their team to kind of take it easy and just win by a little bit. <laughs> but this is one. You, really you know how these rivalry game. There. You know how these rivalry games go. They defy yeah. logic. It doesn't matter. These teams could be like, they could have three wins between yeah. them and they'll still play each other like it's the end of the world. Yeah. Um, so, but yeah, we got embarrassed by the Bears. And uh, that's, there's really not much else to say about it, to be honest. What about the uh, Raiders Colts? What do you think about that? I don't have much to say about that game. <coughs> um, it looked like mm. it went how we thought it was going to go, you know? 
Yeah. They are who we thought they were. I mean, I'll, I'll say this. I mean, you know, Devontae Adams had a hell of a game for sure. Mm. Um, my man, former Bulldog, Zamir White, showed up. Um, proven that uh, he's... Isn't, a- isn't there lineman a former Bulldog, the Colts? Which one? Oh, they had somebody that went off. I thought it was a... I, maybe I just think everybody's from Georgia. Mm. <laughs> I was ready. I was ready with my g- grapefruit button. But it's mm. probably... I don't know which guy it was, though. But somebody went off. I'm sure it wasn't a Bulldog, because you would know. Yeah, But their probably. defense looked really good, and uh, they were coming after AOC. Mm. I mean, obviously the most interesting thing about the Raiders, now that we come to the end of the season, mm. is whether or not they're going to decide to keep Antonio Pierce as their coach. Yeah. Um, I say that I, 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 I would argue that they should. Um, yeah. They've already made – they already fucked up by letting Rick Bisaccia go, uh, who took over for John Gruden when Gruden got fired, took him to the playoffs. I really think the team – I think the players really respond to Antonio Pierce. I I, I really think you should give him the job. Um, I would still want, if I were the uh, Davis family, I would want to see his plan going mm. forward and see if mm. it aligns with what I'm trying to do. Because, yeah, well, he the, did it. He got the team to, to buy in. We know he's got that. But what offensive coordinator are you going to bring in here? What defensive coordinator are you going to bring in here? I, you know, what style well, the other, of uh, defense are you going to run? You know, what's their vision the other, for the team? Yeah, the the other tricky thing too is that they they fired the GM also. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So I don't remember who who the guy is, but now they're working with an interim GM. So there's there's right. a lot up in the air for the Raiders moving forward. Um So you Colts gotta bring the, a GM that's gonna wanna <laughs> match that yeah. vision of him. So yeah. The Colts on the other hand continue to get like just really, you know, Gardner Minshew was like quietly probably the best backup in the league this year. Like mm. to take over, take over for Anthony Richardson that early in the season and keep this team relevant throughout the season. Um, with without Jonathan Taylor for most of the season, to be honest, um, he played really, really well in this game, Jonathan Taylor. Um, and the Colts still have a chance to win this division in Week 18. Yeah. We'll get into all the clinching scenarios in the next episode. Yeah. Um, but there are going to be some <clears throat> extremely relevant Week 18 games, which is not always yeah. the case. The bon- the NFL's boner right now is raging because they yeah. got a, a Week 18 that matters. Yeah, that's with true. With a lot of a uh, lot of potential. Um, that's true. The uh, Rams Giants they gave us a good game. They did. Tyrod. They did. Yeah. I mean, look, I thought the Tommy DeVito story was fun, just like everybody else. Yeah. Uh, but I'm also glad to see that logic prevailed. Yes. Um, One Tyra game Taylor. too late. <laughs> yeah, probably. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I mean, the Giants are also another one of those teams. That, I mean, I, I assume Daniel Jones will come back and be their quarterback next year. Man. Am I, am I wrong? What do you think? No, I think uh, he'll be back. He got paid, right? He did. Yeah, he'll he did. be back. But he'll be back. But uh, Dable <laughs> has to turn him into. I yeah. mean, the good Josh Allen. Mm. That was. It seems like that's what Dable said when he came in. It was like, "Look, 
I just came from making Josh Allen who he is. I see the same traits in Daniel Jones. Let me ha- let let's do this and yeah. he hasn't turned him into. He's only turned him into. I guess that first that last season they overachieved, but it's like put up or shut up time next year. We're gonna. I can't wait to hear your hot seat stuff next season. Mm. Yeah. I mean, this was um, this was an interesting game. My man, former Bulldog Matthew Stafford, Oof. has definitely had better games in his life. Yeah. Uh, he threw for 317 and a touchdown, but he also threw a couple of picks. Mm. Um, Bad looking. One of, one of which was a really long pick six, if I remember correctly, mm. wasn't it? Uh, yeah, I feel like I see it in my head right now when I review all the shit I saw. Or was that a punt? Did maybe that was a no? No, that they had the punt. punt. They had a punt had the return long for touchdown. punt return. The slowest punt return I've ever seen was in yeah. this game because the dude looked tackled. Yeah, and I think it threw everybody's timing off. And all of a sudden, if he didn't have fast blockers, he would have gotten pulled down. But the blockers were still ahead because everybody thought he got tackled. And they were able mm-hmm. to block his slow ass down the field because that was a slow ass punt return, man. Ninety-four yard punt return for a touchdown. Sirkowski or some shit like that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That was that good. Was t- I mean, it <laughs> went down to the wire. Did they miss a kick or something? How did they lose that? Because uh, Tyrod Taylor had that big run mm. and got them in field goal range, mm. and I thought it was over. Mm. I forget how the yes. Well, they missed. They Mason Crosby missed a field goal. Okay, that's what it was. Uh, I think the Rams had some kicking issues as well. Didn't they miss an extra point or something? I think no, they the bring Giants it in. missed an extra point before that. Right. Yeah. That's yeah. why it had to be come down to that, and then they they still got the ball, and Tyrod Taylor ran a really big run to get them in yeah. field goal range, and I thought the game was over. But I guess he missed that kick because I was like, damn, Giants won that shit. Okay. And I moved on to like the next thing. <laughs> Luckily for the Rams, they have Kieran Williams, who, I Oof. mean, this guy, 20 carries for 87 yards and three touchdowns. Like he he has been so mm. automatic for them this year. I mean, you know, obviously a lot of tension goes to Puka Nakua and Cooper Cup and stuff. But Kieran Williams has been an absolute superstar for the Rams this year. Sean McVay yeah. has done a hell of a job. He's coaches and Stefanski up. have pulled it out, and they've shown how big it is. The two of them, mm. best coaches mm-hmm. this year, hands mm. down. Well, the Eagles pulled it out and showed everybody how small it was. How cold it is. <laughs> it's cold. Losing, here, losing to the Arizona Cardinals, thirty-five to thirty-one. I mean, what is going on in Philly? In Philly, did lose this game in Philadelphia. What the hell happened? Yeah, man. It was crazy. I don't know. I, I watched it, too. I, was, I still don't get it. It's like the the Cardinals just kept chugging along, chugging along, got a little time at the end, and then won it. Next and thing they, you know, Hurts uh, is trying to throw a Hail Mary. That gets I mean, they, they dominated the first half, the Philadelphia Eagles did. They were up 21-6, to six, thanks in large part to two, not one, but two touchdowns <laughs> by my man Julio Jones. <laughs> I mean, I was, I was loving it for you. Talk about I, turning I, the clock back. I do think that the uh, the Cardinals took the Eagles' game plan and flipped it on the Eagles because the Eagles try to make it like mucky and dirty and mm. nasty. That's what they normally do to a game, and then they just outwill you in the end. 
And the Cardinals just made it muckier and dirtier, it felt like. And then in the end, they figured it out. And I don't know what they did. I'm not sure what they did to James Conner at the half. Mm. Um, But that man came out and, I mean, I know it's a team game, but it feels like James Conner won this game almost all by himself. He was just possessed in the second half. Not only with the run game, but also, like, he had a – touchdown catch with one-handed catch from yeah. James Conner. Like, what end, are we yeah. doing? He shook, I mean, he shook that, an eagle off at the end in uh, one of those touchdowns too. He was balling. This was a fascinating bird battle. Um, and yes. I'm a little surprised. I mean, the yeah. Eagles, this is not how you want to go into the playoffs. I mean, you really... Mm-mm. They peaked they, in week three. <laughs> Yeah, they're, it feels like, like that. A, like they were talking about them, and then we we called their fakeness mid season. Yeah, but they kept winning anyway. And then now it's like uh, it's catching up to them. That's very interesting. And they also let's see they I believe Devonte Smith left this game with an injury. Mm. Um, AJ Brown is not injured, but he's obviously like everybody. They, yeah. You know, when a team everyone's like when a team up. this good, everyone's beat up, everyone's angry, everyone's frustrated. Yeah. It's like the 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 energy around the, everything with the Eagles just feels toxic and terrible. I feel uh, like if this is a twenty game season, the Cowboys pull ahead. Oh, for sure. Yeah, the Eagles are spiraling. Um, the uh, Bucks, man, they were riding on cloud nine. Somebody mm-hmm. pop that pop that cloud. <laughs> yeah. The same, uh, uh, Baker, White Baker showed up. Yep. Yeah, and, he threw a couple uh, of picks. Yeah. Um, the Saints took care of Rashad White, who's been mm-hmm. great for the Bucks these last like five or six weeks. Um, they finally started fucking around with Taysom Hill, which I feel like the Saints haven't really been using him much over the last couple of weeks a tight for some end. reason. <laughs> And um, he had a big effect on this game. Yeah. Um, the Bucks went into this game knowing that all they needed to do was mm-hmm. win, and they would clinch the NFC no South. No matter what. Um, that is also true for next week's game. So mm-hmm. they they're still in a pretty comfortable. Like all they have to do is yeah. I think they're playing the Carolina Control Panthers. If you can't beat the Carolina Panthers, then you don't deserve to win the division. Yeah, if you can't uh, beat them, you are not serious people. Right. Um, but I mean, I mean, the Saints technically still have a chance to win this division as well. Oddly enough, mm-hmm. um, don't they need the, the Bucks, Bucks to lose though? If the Bucks lose to the Panthers and the Saints beat the Falcons, then I think the Saints win the NFC South. But if the Bucks lose and the Falcons win, then the Falcons win the NFC South, right? That's correct. Yeah. All right. It's well, a that's proper a, f- a proper Ooh. dumpster fire all the way to the end. <laughs> all the way to the end. The uh, speaking of dumpster fires, the uh, Washington Commanders went up mm. against the uh, 49ers, and boy, are they still on fire! The Commanders. Yeah. Who knows what's going to happen? <clears throat> Obviously, they're restructuring everything too, man. They got the new GM in there. They're going to get out the Ron Rivera. I got a feeling they're going to promote Eric Bieniemy to their mm-hmm. head coach, but we'll see what happens in the offseason. But there's a lot of change coming in, and the 49ers were, were not with the shits and used this as a get-right game. This um, this one was a little weird going into it. They had announced that um, Jacoby Brissett was going to get the start over Sam Howell, and then uh, 
about a few hours before the game, they announced that Brissett was having some trouble with his hamstring. Damn. Lo and behold, Sam Howell gets the start. He throws a touchdown, but he also throws two picks. Um, yeah. You know, this, you just, you never, I was, you knew this was going to be a get right game all yeah. day long. Um, the only bad news for the 49ers in this one is that Christian McCaffrey had to leave the mm. game with some sort of a calf injury. They've already announced that he will not play in week 18. Um, I mean, they, Unless none Brandon of these Staley I, comes in and starts coaching. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Um, but this win allowed this mm. win and the Eagles losing Eagles loss. Yeah. Uh, allowed the 49ers to clinch the number one seed in the NFC. So yeah. next week That's they why don't you play, have to play hard. That's why you play hard and win those games early so you can have some rest at the end of the year. <laughs> Kudos Ayuk to the Niners. Ayuk had a hell of a night with 114 yards and a touchdown. Um, yeah. I still think the – you know, I don't know why they don't use Elijah Mitchell more. I mean, he's still a very only good one running ball. back. Still only one ball, bro. Yeah, but I'm just saying, like, you could take a little load off of McCaffrey and use Elijah Mitchell. Oh, yeah. I know. I don't know. I feel like Shanahan probably has McCaffrey on his fantasy team. That's why he just keeps giving. Him the ball. <laughs> uh, yeah, I feel like he's got agendas when he when he coach when he uh, calls plays. But yeah, exactly. if you got McCaffrey, use McCaffrey. I don't know. You could put them both yeah. in the backfield and try some stuff. They probably got some stuff up their sleeve, knowing them, uh, mm-hmm. because Kyle Shanahan is one of the top. Three coaches in the NFL. The uh, Panthers played the <laughs> Jaguars. <laughs> One cat got that ass whooped. Um, there was no no T loss, baby. Yeah, no T loss. CJ Beathard, who's I don't know where he played college football. No clue. Um, really? Did he play somewhere good? I thought he was like a. No, I'm thinking of AJ McCarrens. I don't know why I was thinking Alabama. Let's well, see. He I plays at a good school, though, man. Oh, he, he played for talk? Iowa. Okay, never mind. This is, Iowa is not a team <laughs> that's known for offense. No. Uh, <clears throat> yeah, so I guess they didn't really need him so much. He only threw for 178 yards. Travis Etienne Jr. did most of the work mm. with 103 yards rushing and a couple of touchdowns, just running hard, hard, hard. The Panthers um, did the rest of the work. Panthers did the rest of the work. Obviously, they scored zero points. That's that's not good. Mm-mm. Um, and um, I, I'll save my <laughs> I'll save my uh, no, my oh. other thoughts about this game for later because uh, you know you got fucking some pretty interesting things that happen off the field in this game as well. <laughs> for those of you uh, who didn't follow it, off the field. Yeah. I'm talking about the owner of the Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. We'll talk about that. Yeah, yeah. Uh, but okay. we'll get into that later. I thought you meant the players. Okay. So this this is pretty interesting. The Jaguars, everybody everybody from that division. It's so funny. Last week, all the contenders in that division. Last week, they all lost. This week, they all won. Uh, so you've got the Jags, the Texans, and the Colts all entering the final week of the season with a nine and seven record, if I'm not mistaken. Mm-hmm. Um, pretty interesting. Um, but yeah, I don't know. I don't really have a lot of, you know, the Jags are one of those teams that like, 
it just we know feels it like in, it won't end like in the Super Bowl it, or AFC berth. I don't see them getting a playoff win. I just feel like the first half of the season felt so promising for them, and then somewhere around the middle, it felt like it started to slide down the edge of a cliff. Um, I, I don't expect much from them in the playoffs. Um, so we'll see. We'll see. Yeah. I got one more game to go. We'll see if they make it. Um, wow. Okay. So we've delayed this for as long as we possibly could, but here it is. The Baltimore Ravens. Mm. I don't have much beat the to Miami say. Dolphins 56 to 19. This was yeah. the battle for the number one seed in the AFC and the Ravens came out and made it very, very, very clear <laughs> who the best team in the AFC is at the moment. And Miami um, came out physical. They came out tough, scored on the first drive. Mm-hmm. Uh, it felt like things were looking up. Defense was holding it up. And then it feels like when uh, Xavier Howard went down, mm. you would think this was going to make – because their focus seemed to be keeping uh, Lamar Jackson in the pocket. And mm. he showed that that doesn't work anymore. Nope. And he just picked <laughs> apart a very sound Miami defense – that's not blitz heavy at all. And in the process, Miami couldn't do anything on their end, missing two of their top offensive players. And that Tyreek Hill was triple covered. And mm. Durham Smythe was the guy <laughs> at the beginning of the game. Just Durham mm. Smythe, Durham Smythe, Durham Smythe. And then uh, Tua tries to force it to him. There's an amazing pick by Roquan Smith, your guy. One-handed interception uh, mm-hmm. that kind of started the downfall, and then another interception later, a forced pass to two. I mean, to uh, Tyreek, and mm. then it didn't matter. Every time the Ravens got the ball, they were scoring, and Miami yeah, and that up, and it was over. The Tyreek, the Tyreek drop in the end zone where he bobbled mm. it yep. was was Claypool definitely at a, at a time where where the game was was still yep. tight. Um, yep. And like you said, they they forced Lamar Jackson to operate from the pocket, and he yep. said, "Yeah, okay. sure, I'll just throw five touchdown passes from this yep. pocket that you want me to stay in." Yep. Um, I mean, they even Tyler had nightmares Hunt. of last year because uh, he went That's off for hundred and something rushing yards. So they probably said, "Let him beat us." And then, oh yeah, go ahead, go ahead. keep going. I'm sorry. Well, I would just think, like you know, we've underestimated the Ravens all year. Yeah. Um, but it's very interesting how they have managed to, especially in the last couple of weeks, just mm-hmm. really solidify that they were probably the the real team mm-hmm. all along. Yep. Uh, it just you we know just why? couldn't see it because hmm. we're all stat watchers, and, mm. and 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 we say they've been talking about this MVP race all year. Mm-hmm. I started out with this hot race between. Lamar Jackson, Josh Allen, Tua, mm. Brock Purdy, mm. Tyreek Hill, and uh, Christian McCaffrey. Mm. And all the quarterbacks I mentioned, except for Lamar Jackson, are in the top 10 passing yards. Mm. So we're looking at all these passing yards and all these stats. Uh, Josh Allen is on pace for 50 touchdowns this season, if he hasn't passed it already, because he's got so many rushing touchdowns. Jalen Hurts, that's another one that was in there for a bit, too, as a potential MVP, but quietly right. Lamar Jackson has been the most valuable player carrying his team to victories 
most every week <laughs> of the season. Yeah. But we're watching stats and we're missing the meat, which is this mm-hmm. team that is humming on all cylinders. Got one of the best special teams units that came through and won the game for them when we thought they were going to lose to the Rams. They yep. got one of the best defenses in the NFL that's top five in most uh, statistics there. And then they got mm. this offense that's just humming with a very dual threat quarterback. That's a real deal. And I have a uh, I have a mid episode shit got learned. Isaiah likely needs to change his name to Isaiah definitely because this motherfucker <laughs> is out here balling. Yeah. I mean, the and way we saw he Andrews is, go down, and we thought it was a problem. The way he's likely. slotted in for Mark Andrews, this guy has yeah. has essentially. Just stepped right in. I think he leads the team in targets. He leads the team in receptions. Um, you know, Lamar likes to throw to his tight end, and Isaiah likely yeah. has just slotted in and taken over that role. He's been great. Sorry, Mark Andrews, but I think you may have just lost your job. We were uh, giving all the credit to Mark Andrews. We were everybody was trying to yeah. say he was almost like he's carrying Lamar. That's a good maybe, that's a good point. That's a good maybe point. Maybe Lamar Jackson from South Florida. You know, somebody we were mad at because he didn't go to the U. He decided mm. to go to Louisville. Mm. But he's a local kid, man. And he's just a beast. Mm-hmm. He's got to give it, give him his flowers, man. I, he's not the top 10 and all of that shit in, in yards. And he don't give a shit. Most of these quarterbacks don't give a shit for real. Mm. But it's just dope to see that uh, he's he's gonna he's showing him. He, first he beat the 49ers handily. And then he comes out and beats the Dolphins. Two of the top defenses in the league, got straight infant- infantilized or whatever, however you say that shit, made into yeah. looking like babies on uh, national TV. Inf- infantilized. Infantilized. Yeah. <clears throat> a lot can happen in three years. Like a chatbot may be your new best friend. But what won't change? Needing health insurance. United Healthcare Tri-Term Medical Plans, underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, offer flexible, budget-friendly coverage that lasts nearly three years in some states. Learn more at UH1.com. Hey, it's Danny Pellegrino from Everything Iconic. Ready to upgrade your style game without blowing your budget? Check out Quince. They've got all the good stuff, shirts and polos, activewear, and fine leather goods, all at 50 to 80% less than other high-end brands. And the best part? They're all about safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get that luxury vibe without the luxury price tag. Hit up quince.com slash upgrade for free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. That's quince.com slash upgrade. Uh, Speaking of infantilized, the Tennessee Titans Mm. only managed to put up three points against the Houston Texans. Uh, Shout out to Tannehill, man. Reminding me every day. What an upgrade <laughs> it was. I used to really be a big supporter of Tannehill. God mm. damn, this dude just holds the ball and waits to be sacked. He got so Will Levis obviously gets knocked out of this game uh, after only going two for six. And then they just kept it rolling. Tannehill was getting killed. I think he got sacked like there was one sequence where he got sacked two 112 or three times. times. Like in a row, uh, and it felt yeah. like it was always the rookie. Yeah. I guess he he only had two sacks, but fine. Will Anderson Jr., yes. the rookie pass rusher, he was yes. everywhere, everywhere. Yeah, he was everywhere. He's not from Georgia. He's an Alabama player, but yeah, okay. he was. My bad. He he was unbelievable in this game. Um, 
and he allowed, you know, the Houston Texans offense to just kind of calmly go about their business uh, and take care of these Titans. CJ Stroud didn't have like some kind of insane day necessarily, but he didn't have to. Uh, he played Bro. really well. It was great to see him back. Mm-hmm. The command cooking. he has and understanding, so calm, so calm. It's like the off the entire offense feels confident when he's behind under center, mm-hmm. but then when these other guys are in, these Davis Mills and uh, who was the other guy they brought in? I forget. Uh, oh, fuck, they had yeah. another quarterback that was in for him too, but neither one of them could Case do Keenum. what he did. Case Keenum, <laughs> and it just looked yeah. like a completely different offense. Uh, when 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 he's in there, mm-hmm. and it it kind of, I'll talk about it later. <laughs> it's watching him play. It kind of gives me a reason to talk about another highly drafted quarterback. I really I hope for their sake that they do make the playoffs. But if they don't, yeah, this season is already a success mm-hmm. for the Houston Big Texans. Um, yeah. Nobody expected them to be where yeah. they're at right now. Um, so great for them, happy for them. That's a fan base that has been through a lot. Um, so it's good to see that future's bright for the Texans, I think. Speaking of fan bases, we had a game between two very strong fan bases in the NFL. Mm. We had the Steelers versus the Seahawks. Mm-hmm. Steelers win. Yep. Mike Tomlin, another winning record. For oh, the- what? Wait, I thought. Time in a row. I, I thought. I thought they were gonna. Fi- weren't they? Aren't they gonna fire him? They still might. Who knows? I mean, he's a winning <laughs> black coach. You never know. <laughs> but but uh, the the coach who got multiple chances, Pete mm. Carroll, he's probably gonna be around if he wants to. Uh, mm. But they come up short in this game. Mm. I don't have much to say about it except for uh, Mason Rudolph. And I don't he's know. The, the only questionable, <laughs> no. The but future? the only questionable, the questionable <laughs> thing is how is he third to uh, Trubisky? That's, That's a good just point. Like looking at Tomlin, like, excuse me, but I guess he leave it up to your offensive coordinator. It's very strange. They've already announced that Kenny Pickett is healthy, mm, nice, able to play, but they're going to play Mason Rudolph in Week 18. Okay, maybe so, they saw the Chubb injury. <clears throat> well, I think it probably has more to do with the fact that Mason Rudolph has managed to unlock the offense for whatever mm. reason. I don't know okay. why. I mean, we've spent Experience. the entire year waiting for the mm. arrival of George Pickens, and he does it in back-to-back games with Mason Rudolph as his quarterback. So there's got to be something there. I mean, I don't think – I. I'm on record. I don't think Kenny Pickett should be an NFL quarterback. I don't think he's that good. I don't think Mason Rudolph should be the guy either, but Kenny Pickett is not. There's a difference in the guy and NFL quarterback. You've been a little harsh, I think. I don't think Kenny Pickett is an NFL quarterback. I'm sorry. I just don't think he is. Stand on it. Stand on it, man. Say it with your chest. (laughs) I just just don't think he is. I think put him in the USFL or some shit. I think our problem is that we underestimate how difficult it is to come in from the college game and be a professional quarterback right away. We expect it right away, and only the greats come in right away and do it, right? 
But there's some yeah. guys that come along after three years, and that might be what Kenny Pickett has to be. But then we think because he got drafted high, he's got to go in and make the bit difference right away. I just don't buy it. I think that they misevaluated him. I think they made too much out of the fact that he played for the University of Pittsburgh. They made all these stupid comments mm. about like, oh, he already knows. He's already been in the building. Like, he knows. I'm like, what are you talking yeah. about? Like the eye test, bro. Watch this guy. He's yeah. he's not a good quarterback. He has not been able to unlock this. I mean, you have you've got Pickens, Deontay Johnson, Pat Fryermuth. These guys are good players, and he has not been able to get them where they mm. need to go. And then all of a sudden, you throw in your third string quarterback, mm. and George Pickens has back to back 100 plus receiving games. It's it's absurd. Like I think we give him a couple more years. And then we'll know if he needs to be an NFL quarterback or not. Mm. I would send Is him it, off to look the at Joe XFL. Flacco, man. Joe Flacco's out here, mm. ninety-three years old. And <laughs> <laughs> he's seen everything, and I confidently throw the ball downfield and and make some big plays for his team. Ninety-three years old. <laughs> Yo, Joe, Joe Lewis was eighty-five years old when he fought Rocky Mountain. <laughs> <laughs> the uh, Chargers played the Broncos in a game I really don't want to talk about, but we'll talk about. I'll talk about the Broncos later. I don't know if you got anything to say about this. This was a uh, to me is a certified a shit bowl brought to you by Xlex. Fuck both of these teams, man. <laughs> I mean, obviously, if if Sean Payton's goal was to prove, you know, that Russell Wilson was the problem, I. I would say he failed. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, yep. you beat the Chargers, but everybody beats the Chargers. Uh, and even well, the though Chargers you're playing found against their coach, that's one thing I can say about this game. They found <laughs> Give Smith, Give coach Smith of the is year. The future. <laughs> um, I mean, even though you're playing the Chargers, who have a terrible defense, you still only put up your trademark 16 points for the Broncos. It's like, yeah. I, I I don't know what I expected to see here, but um, it's certainly not the statement that Sean Payton wanted to make. But I don't think Sean Payton gives a fuck. I think he's already made up his mind. The Russell Wilson drama will continue to play out as the season comes to a close. Um, I don't know. This... I still feel like he plays a he has a, Russell Wilson has his hand in it a little bit. Oh sure. For sure. I think he has a – there's a thing well, about also, that Well, also, I think it's really important to remember, and you're bringing up a good point. Before Russell Wilson went to the Denver Broncos, I mean, we were hearing all kinds of reports that Russ was trying to get Pete Carroll fired from the Seahawks. Yeah. I mean, Russ does have this weird thing where he tries to take over a team, and he's he does it in this he, – Yeah, he he's – yeah. He, he's he a needs diva, it to, bro. He needs it to be all about him. Yep. Um, so he's like, I can't I, star in your movie too. <laughs> right. I'm star in um, everybody's movie. Yeah, I don't think I. Yeah, I don't want to have anything to do with him. I still don't know who would be willing to take on that dude as a quarterback. But I don't know. He's going to get a job because he's better than most yeah. backups. Obviously, so I expect him to play somewhere next year. I just hope he's not a Falcon. Uh, if he raped more, maybe he'll get a job faster. Uh, so we got the, uh, 
<laughs> He's got a pretty clean image, though, so teams might not want to deal with that. Uh, mm. Bengals, Chiefs, uh, pretty – you thought this was going to be an upset. It felt like it could have been for a little bit, but the Chiefs pulled it out in the end, and they won kind of, you know, wasn't much drama. No. Um, and really, I would give most of the credit to these two. I mean, it seems like the Chiefs are now sort of a a two-man t- – besides Mahomes, obviously. It, Pacheco and Rasheed Rice appear Rice, to be the yeah. only reliable players on this team at the moment uh, as far as the offense is concerned. They and need to give Tony just, a shot. <laughs> no? Kadarius Tony has been a healthy scratch for two straight weeks. <laughs> um, oh, so, okay. yeah. <clears throat> Jamar Chase, after talking all that shit in the week leading up to this game, didn't really do much. He's starting to get on my nerves yeah. a little bit. I, I think he needs to shut the fuck up and just play football. He was talking shit about the Chiefs secondary all week. Yeah. Um, it's One like the best in the league. <laughs> what's the point? What are you doing? Shout out like, to Sneed, man. He might be my favorite corner in the league right now. Mm, he's good. He's good. I like him. I love the way he plays, man. It's just. Mm. <clears throat> mm. Yeah. The Bengals, obviously without Joe Burrow, they had moments where it was kind of interesting, but now they're just going to fade away. Yeah. Uh, I they, There's no chance for them to make the playoffs. Um, speaking of, uh, so, okay, let's, before we get to the last game, we got the asterisk. Um, oh, yeah, I wanted I to said, ask about that, too. <clears throat> I said the Browns were going to beat the Jets. You said, hmm. <laughs> I don't know about that. Uh, you were wrong. Mm. Um, you said the Bucks were going to beat the Saints. <laughs> and I said, hmm, mm. I'm not sure about that. Mm. Turns out I was right. Yeah. Um, and then, of course, I said the Bengals were going to upset the Chiefs. You ah. disagreed, and you were correct. So those are our, those are our petty rankings for the week. <laughs> I won. I won, won our petty rankings two to one. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> uh, and then the last game, let's get to it. Green Bay Packers stomped a mud hole mm. in the Minnesota Vikings, thirty-three to ten. Um, the Vikings went into this game starting Jaron Hall. Uh, they very quickly realized finishing. that they had made a huge mistake <laughs> <laughs> and he was replaced by Nick Mullins. Uh, but it didn't matter. It was too late at uh, that point. Late, the Packers yeah. were already up like 23 to three or something. Uh, they switched him yeah. out at the half. Yeah. I think so. I just I think remember they switched him out at the half. I watched the, the game in 40 and I was like, wait, he's white. <laughs> 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 oh, it's Mullins. Okay. Yeah. Uh, it was, yeah. Uh, yeah. It did. The offense looked better once Mullins came in, though. But then you start looking mm. at these coaches like, what are, what, what, what are we doing? You're overthinking it, man. Mm. But Mullins, has, he's been shit, though. I don't, I don't know, man. It, I, I wonder yeah. what the, the Vikings would have been if Kirk Cousins would have stayed healthy. I think they would have won the division, personally. Yeah, same. I really do. Um. Yeah. Once or, that defense know, got rolling, the, the defense got going. It took a few That's weeks, true. and yeah. then uh, they couldn't overcome <laughs> their turnovers uh, early in the season. And I think with Kirk Cousins, I think they would have liked that. But yeah, that's it. <laughs> <laughs> you won the uh, the week ten to six. 
Mm-hmm. I, I'm gonna have to win it in the playoffs like I did last year. Another, another uh, season with you having your thumb on the pulse of the league in the regular season. So mm-hmm. I gotta hope for some, some playoff fortune to come my way. Yeah, it's true. It's true. And again, like I said, we'll next in the in the next episode, the preview episode, we'll do a little more of a deep dive into the clinching scenarios. Uh, regarding who's in the playoffs and which games still matter. Um, I think there'll be a handful of games that we can probably ignore in week 18 for the most part because they won't be competitive or interesting, but there's going to be a couple that are going to be yours, especially Dolphins-Bills for the division. It's definitely going to be the game of the week. NFL loves it. They already had Mm -hmm. their condom on. They're ready for this game. Yeah, they're out here grapefruiting themselves. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> yes. They're like, see? I told you, bring Auntie Angie in here. Um uh, let's do our superlatives, man. Mm. We got the uh the real MVP. I wanna I can go ahead and, and go first and get this bullshit over with. Mm. <laughs> you know what that means. Uh Lamar Jackson eviscerated my team. <laughs> and this wasn't Lamar Jackson of old. He did it from the pocket. I went back and I watched their latest loss to see if we would employ the same strategy as the Browns did in their victory over the Ravens. And in that game, I saw a lot of missed passes by Lamar, and I thought this is where we're going to take advantage of that. Just make them stay in the pocket, and it's going to be smooth sailing. They won't be able to, to pull away from us. And uh, on Sunday, Lamar just decided not to miss any of those passes that he missed in that Browns game. He was spot on, just torching that side of the defense, especially once Xavier Howard went down with a foot injury. Jackson lit up Miami for 321 yards, five touchdowns, in an absolute dismantling of my beloved Dolphins. They kept him in the pocket, and he made him pay. And this week, and probably for the season, Lamar Jackson. You the real MVP. From South Florida. <clears throat> Some weeks there's only one answer. I agree. Lamar Jackson is my MVP this week. Uh, I hate that he stomped a mud hole in your Dolphins, but man – was he impressive to watch? Uh, and all year, it feels like he's been doing this in a way that is different than what we expected. Yeah. Yes, he can still use his legs, but Lamar truly seems to have bought into my man, former Bulldog Todd <laughs> Munkin's offensive scheme. He's managed to turn a running quarterback into a calm, cool and collected pocket passer. You got all those other QBs out here who managed to Mm. clean up their game and rise to another level. But I honestly have not seen any quarterback do it better than Lamar Jackson. We've been saying all year that we couldn't really figure out who these Ravens were. I've said many times that I feel like we haven't seen them play their best game yet. But what I didn't realize until probably last week, actually, was that Lamar Jackson and the Ravens have been the one thing that hardly any team has been this year consistent. Yep. And then just to put an exclamation point, they roll out in week 17 and drop a 56 point shaped hammer on the head of the Miami Dolphins. So I say to Lamar, I say to my man, former Bulldog Todd Munkin, as well as my man, former Bulldog Roquan Smith, and the rest of that defense, plus Mike McDonald, the Ravens defensive coordinator who went to, you guessed it, the University of Georgia Bulldogs. These motherfuckers right here 
Baltimore Ravens, they are my real MVP. You the real MVP. <laughs> I got a feeling that your trash needs to go after my trash. Okay. I just have a feeling. So I'm going to mm-hmm. say my trash first. Mm-hmm. I got. I feel like we're going in the same building. I got to go with Bryce Young on this one. Mm. I know the popular company line is that he needs help and the offensive line is trash. But I saw sack after sack where he had no idea where the pressure was coming from and what receiver was going to be hot and open. I recall years of blaming the line back when the future of my team was one Ryan Tannehill. Then I realized that the quarterback needs to help himself. Study well enough during the week and maximize your offense's potential. Figure out where the defense is going to be coming from. What are their tendencies? And then we'll be able to say, imagine if he had a better offensive line. But he can't. We can't say that because over and over he looked confused. He scrambled into a sack or into a short game or, or, or maybe, if he was lucky, into a first down. He looks like a poor man's Justin Fields, except for Justin Fields is already poor. <laughs> it could be that they need a new offensive coordinator to scheme around Bryce, but I don't know. But for me, he failed the eye test. Hopefully they'll do a reset and, and he'll have a year under his belt and that'll help him. But for this week, Bryce Young. You are trash. Fair enough. Um, <clears throat> I was tempted to go with referee Brad Allen. Oof. Uh, the guy who kind of bungled. Fuck that guy. At the end of the Lions game. And even though I was still a little confused about what who who really deserved the blame there, but then I woke up on Monday morning, and I read this <laughs> headline. And the headline read, Panthers owner David Tepper appears to throw drink toward Jaguars fan from luxury box during 26 to nothing Carolina loss. That's wild. I mean, what are we doing here? And then I, I, I love that they the put article. from luxury box. I love that. <laughs> I, they that put was that my favorite there. part because it's like unbelievable. You open up the article and yeah. There you go. The the only thing actually wrong with, with the wording of this headline is that there's no appears to throw about it. He definitely throws that shit. Mm. Um, he, he Obviously, I'm assuming that he was getting trash talk the whole game, and then he just fucking snaps and throws his drink at this dude. Um, I mean, in, in a league where they find players – tens of thousands of dollars for pointing at a guy while mm. running into the end zone for a touchdown or Tyreek throwing up deuces. I feel mm-hmm. like the, the, the NFL, they do that shit and like it or hate it. They do it to protect the brand, right? Mm-hmm. That's their reasoning behind doing it. Um, we've known for a long time that David Tepper is not good for the NFL brand. Um, never has been. Never will be. But this action, in my opinion, has sunk this man to a whole new level. Also, <clears throat> I feel that the people at the top of this pyramid, people like the owners, should be held to a higher standard than most people. They are supposed to be quite literally above this kind of shit. 
And I know it's difficult to punish a billionaire by finding him financially. Um, but I feel like anything less than a million dollar fine would, uh, and also hitting him with a one year suspension from the building at the very least. Um, yep, they did it in basketball. <clears throat> there's a precedent for this they too. Did it there's with, been uh, uh, Stephen Ross. Yep. They've done it with Stephen Ross. They've done it with players, yep. players who have gotten altercations with fans uh, in the NFL. Yep. All kinds of stuff like that. Um, I, I, I think Tepper is an embarrassment to the NFL, both on a personal level and a football level. He's an embarrassment to his team. He's an embarrassment to himself and just quite frankly, the rest of humanity. Billionaire throws drink at fan from luxury suite. Get this motherfucker out of here for at least a year. David Tepper, I'm sorry, but you're fucking trash. Hate this guy. You are trash! I had the video on the loop. I was just watching him throw that drink, man. What a piece of shit. Uh-huh. The uh, I looked it up, and the NFL issued a statement mm. that they've seen the video, and they will mm-hmm. offer no further comment. <laughs> That's yeah, your exactly. statement? <clears throat> yeah. They're going to let this one ride out into the offseason, and they're going to deal with it when when nobody's when yeah. nobody's paying attention. Wow. They're going to deal with it like in April. Talk about hurting the brand. Like now mm-hmm. we got to deal with this shit. Like he should mm-hmm. get punished for that. Severely. If a player did that shit. If a player did that shit. A player has done that shit and got banned for a year for it. There was another I read an article about another I'm owner. Talking about like a player from the did a player do that from the stands? Like from a box? No, like a former player, it. like say Dan Marino, who sits in the box up there, throws yeah. a drink. I wonder what would happen if he did that shit. You know what I mean? Like a or John Elway. You know what I mean? One of these guys that are yeah. former players and are a part of the organization now. If they throw a drink down on somebody from a box, to me, it's more understandable if a player gets pissed. Like you call a player out of their name or say something about a family member that died, or you know what I mean, something like that. I can understand them snapping and hitting you with something. Mm. Or you hit a player with a battery or something. You know what I mean? Mm. Man, this Snowball. story is so big it even made it to the Swedish press. They even have it. They covered it and Afton blot it. That's funny. Oh, wow. What's wow. your uh, shit got learned? My shit got your learned. If, if this is the year of the backup quarterback, then Joe Flacco must be crowned king of the backup quarterbacks because this dude is balling the fuck out with most of these backups. I felt like, you know, it, you just felt like the backup wake up call was coming from yeah. a mile away. You could just see it, but not this dude. Flacco is out here partying. Like he's that 2013 January Joe all over again. Flacco has now dropped four straight games with at least 300 passing yards and two passing touchdowns, making him the first quarterback to do so in a season since Mahomes did it in 2020. The Browns are four and one in his starts. Apparently Deshaun Watson has yet to pass 300 yards passing for the Browns so far. Joe Flacco's Ooh. already done it four times. <laughs> Joe Flacco and Amari Cooper are the best quarterback and wide receiver duo of all time at this point. 
first four games as teammates. Okay, first four games as teammates. In fourth place, Troy Aikman, Michael Irvin, mm. 222 receiving yards. Peyton Manning and Marvin Harrison, 300 receiving yards. Joe Montana and Jerry Rice, 363 receiving yards. And number one, Joe Flacco and Amari Cooper, 485 receiving yards. That's not fair, though. Of course it's not. <laughs> I'm not here to be fair. Okay, okay. All right. <laughs> and then what does Joe Flacco do when Amari what does Joe Flacco do when Amari Cooper is uh not available? Holly he throws Moore. it to David and Joku, sends that oh, motherfucker yeah, for 134 too. yards and six receptions. But more importantly than any of this, I learned that the 2023 Cleveland Browns mm. with Joe Flacco. They're legitimate Super Bowl contenders. Agreed. That's a little crazy. That's scary, bro. (laughs) That's a little crazy, dude. That's scary. As long as they somehow avoid the Ravens, if somebody else knocks off the Ravens. Yeah. But I mean, they can knock off the Ravens. The crazy thing about the the crazy thing about the Browns is that they have just this amazing defense, which Mm -hmm. allows Flacco. Flacco makes mistakes. I'm not saying he's perfect, but the defense is so good he can afford to make a couple of mistakes. Yep. So and they beat they beat him with Deshaun Watson. Hmm? They beat the Ravens with Deshaun Watson, but I don't know that's if that's true. the same Ravens. But that was hmm? a crazy game too. Yeah, All right, uh, my shit got learned is the uh, Broncos organization's reputation needs to catch up with its actions. Mm. We always hear about the classiness and professionalism of the Broncos. Uh, the organization that took a chance on Elway back in the day when he was trying to maybe play baseball, maybe play football, and they 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 listened to him and brought him in, and they stuck with him, and they put together a back-to-back Super Bowl-winning roster. Later, they brought him into the front office and groomed him into a respected general manager. This was the organization organizations looked up to. They remained above scandal and always seemed to be an organization that was going to put football first in their decision-making. Media talks about the Broncos like they are above reproach. But then I found this website. This <laughs> website on the interwebs called yourteamcheats.com slash D-E-N. And everybody's team is on there. They say what your team has been, how your team has been cheating in the past. I'm sure my team is on there with some cheats. I'm sure your team is on there with some cheats. That's what they do. But yourteamcheats.com reveals that this team isn't so innocent. They've had the most players caught using PEDs. Didn't know that until today. They had fines during their Super Bowl years for putting Vaseline on their offensive lineman's arms so defenders would slip off if they try to grip them. Can't do that. Then there was their spy, their own spy gate under Bill Belichick's protege, Josh McDaniels, back in those days when they looked good. And they beat the Patriots that year in probably Josh McDaniels' signature win. And a little bit later, they screwed Jawan James out of his guaranteed contract when he got injured. Then they signed Russell Wilson to a big-ass silly contract that we kind of laughed at as it happened. And then they brought in Sean Payton to pair up with Russell Wilson to make things right. And now, after Russell Wilson kind of got the team to a playoff contender at the end of the season, 
to get rid of him. Mm. Turns out they tried to restructure this contract, and Russell Wilson wasn't playing ball because he's Russell Wilson. <laughs> and now they bench him, even though he's the best quarterback on the team. They bench him. And it comes out that they're just trying to avoid a penalty in case he gets injured. Doesn't look like a football decision, right? Looks like a financial decision that they're making. This organization doesn't look like an organization anymore that organizations can look up to. It looks like an organization that is themselves first and fuck the player. I wish that uh, reputation would catch up to these guys because they're no longer that pristine organization that we thought it was before. I want to say fuck those guys, but when you treat a player like that, yeah, fuck those guys. That's my shit got learned. You guys, this... um your team cheats.com is like such a rabbit hole. It's oh, yeah. so much fun. It's yeah. <clears throat> it's so, according to this website, Denver has the most cases of cheating mm-hmm. with 53. <laughs> with PEDs, right? Well, just 53. They have 53. Just cheating in general? Cheating allegations in general. <laughs> wow. Uh, let's see. Who has the least? It looks like the Cincinnati Bengals only have 15. Jacksonville only has 13. They've been. It's got to be a new team. Long. Yeah. Yeah. Jacksonville Texans. hasn't been around that long. Where are the Texans? Let's see. They can't have that much, right? Yeah, they only have 16. Yeah. So Jacksonville and the Texans just haven't caught up yet. But Denver has the most with 53. That's crazy. Huh. So we're acting like they're the best, man. And then like, uh, they got caught, uh, doing shit and. Mike Mike Shanahan, you know yeah. Mike Shanahan. He yeah. when they got caught, he was just like, "Oh, oh, really?" <laughs> they say it in there that he just like quoted as like, "Oh, damn." Most of us think caught. of the Patriots as being like, "Oh, they're the ones who always cheat." They they have a pretty low number compared to a lot of teams. They're kind yeah. of middle of the pack. Twenty seven. The Dolphins fans hear that. Where the Dolphins yeah. at? Thirty one. <laughs> Worse than the Patriots. Imagine that. <laughs> 31 cases of cheating. I mean, they go back into the history of it. Too, yeah. Though. But Dolphins have been around since 66. It's not like they're the Bears who've nah. been around since the 1920s. That's true. My Falcons have cheated 30 times. Still can't win Damn. a Super Bowl. Good job. Damn. Yeah. yeah. So check that out, man. Your team cheats.com. <laughs> yeah, Rabbit it's hole. Pretty, it's pretty good. Uh, I'm putting some spec on somebody. Yep. This seems ridiculous. Considering this guy has never had a losing record mm. in 15 seasons. Mm. But for some reason, it's been coming out into the wind that <laughs> Mike Tomlin, Steelers fans and, and powers that be, I guess, think Mike Tomlin might need to step down and go to a different organization or something, which wouldn't take more than a day, by the way. But for some reason, I don't, I, I don't get it, man. Bill Cowher was the coach before. And he coached from 1992 until 2000, or until Mike Tomlin, which was uh, around 2010, I believe. Mm. One Super Bowl that he won towards the end of his tenure. Mike Tomlin comes in, and so far within his first 15 years, has two Super Bowls and three Super Bowl appearances. I don't get it, man. Where's this coming from? Never had a losing season. Only coach ever to have so many seasons played. Uh, coaching and not have a losing season. How does he lose the respect is my question. But it seems he's lost it. 
I've heard commentators talking about it too. During the Steelers game, they're talking like this guy's a chump. It's insane that he can have this vision of mediocrity when he's only been elite. Mm. Insane. It almost makes me feel like there's some other reason that I can't come up with why people can't give this guy the respect that he has earned after all these Mm. years. So now, this week, he clinched with his third-string quarterback. He clinched his winning season again after all of this turmoil, (laughs) after losing his uh, franchise quarterback a couple years ago. Still, no matter what, winning season, done it again. And that's why now... Again, for some reason, he has to say it, but he needs it, but he's going to say it. Put some respect on my name. It's mm, a good point. It's infuriating, man. It's almost like he's black. What? I, <laughs> I didn't say anything about that, man. <laughs> it's almost like he's black. <laughs> they treat him like he's black. They it's treat weird. him like he's a black man. He's not. <laughs> so weird. Weird. Strange. Uh, I'm going to go put some spec on Cardinals running back James Conner in a bird mm. battle showing up and showing out with 26 carries and 28 <laughs> yards and plus another one-handed receiving touchdown mm. he was like I, I mean I know these Eagles are an 11 win team but James Conner he did not care to borrow a phrase from Mike Tomlin <laughs> Running hard, threw a motherfucker's face in Philly with the boo birds raining down on the Eagles. Any given Sunday is more than a cliche. It's a fact mm. that if you show up and you ain't ready to play, dudes like James Conner are going to embarrass you. Mm. And for that, I think we should all put some spe- some spec on James Conner. Put some respect on my name. Yeah, man. Who's your uh, scariest AFC team and why is it the Ravens? Yeah, it's got to be the Ravens. Got to be. <laughs> Can't be anybody else. Uh, who's your scariest NFC team? This might not be the Niners, but for me, it's the Niners. Who's yours? NFC is a little more confusing. It probably should be the Niners. Um, it probably should be the Niners, but I'm still a little scared of the Rams. Mm. I'm still a little scared. They almost of lost Rams. to the Giants, bro. I know, but. That's just a warning. Your boy, your boy Stafford, he's he's still a you never know. He's it's putting true, the ball in it, harm's way, bro. But he does have that dog in him. <laughs> so last I checked. Last time I checked, he's got that dog in him, so I think we're gonna be okay. <laughs> uh, they had his uh he had a physical. <laughs> Turns out According to the team doctors, yeah, the he still got that dog in him. <laughs> the X-rays show he's got that dog in him. <laughs> uh, and then on the other side of the ball, there was Tyrod Taylor. His X-rays show he still got that punctured lung. <laughs> Poor Tyrod. Oh man. Oh man, this was fun. Uh, uh, those of you that don't know Swedish, they have a saying here that I like at this time of year. Problem is, Swedes don't know when to stop saying it. Yeah. But it translates to good continuation. Mm. So after the holidays, you move on into the next year. and You, you like that phrase? I like good for chetning, yeah. I hate that phrase. I just, I think it's uh, it's weird that they, they don't know when to stop. 
I well, I just feel like it. It's one of those phrases that just feels so disingenuous. I'm like, what do you mean? Good continuing with what? Like you don't even know what I'm doing. Like why are you fuck? You don't care. <laughs> no, fuck it was just you. like uh, you made it. You made it here, man. Keep it. Keep it going. Yeah, I don't like this phrase. I'm not. I'm out. I'm out. I'm good <laughs> you out. Well, I'm I want to say it to our listeners: Good for Chetning and good continuation yeah. to those of you that have made it this far. And uh, Skip says, "Fuck y'all." So I actually I don't care about what you were doing and continuing to do. Do something different. Do something more. Try harder. Work smarter, not harder. Fuck that. So somebody's like, "Happy New Year, Skiff," and you say, "Work harder, not <laughs> work work harder, <laughs> work smarter, Fuck not you. harder." Yeah. Work smarter, not harder. Fuck you, man. You're just going to continue <laughs> doing the same thing that got you this far. Do something more. Get Reach higher height. Fuck. No, I'm out on good for shit. Mm. Oh, you th- you take it as like it's a logom thing. Like, yeah, stay in the middle. 100%. I'm not down oh, with that Oh, shit. I Me never looked at it the as same a... Category. I'm out. 100% out on that. Hmm. I'm going to have to reevaluate my, uh, my feeling on. <laughs> yeah. You might have convinced me. I feel like uh, the opening scene of Reservoir Dogs... Yeah. When the guy's going to tip and Steve Buscemi gives a whole spiel on why you don't tip and the one yeah. dude wants his tip back. <laughs> <laughs> That's how I feel about my go for shit thing, man. Yeah. I want to take that shit back. I mean, I, right, don't well, get me wrong. I do wish everyone well. Yes. I just want you to do. I don't want you to keep doing year. what you're doing. I want you to do better than what you did last year. It was continuing shit. That's like a call for complacency. No, I'm out. Or maybe they mean like a uh, happy future to you. I'm How's sure that? that I'm like overthinking it, but yeah, I've just that's what I do. I think about stuff and then I'm like and enraged. Yeah, I'm. You know, <laughs> I'm actually. My, you know, ironically, my New Year's resolution was to try to be a less confrontational in twenty hmm. twenty four or whatever fuck mm-hmm. year it is. It's it's got yeah, it's yeah, gotten off to a rocky start. <laughs> I I told myself I'm gonna get back in good shape. I'm not in a good enough shape right. for myself. So I've been working at that. That's one of my things for my resolution. And then Sandra read my horoscope. First time she's ever done that at New Year's. I don't give a fuck about that stuff, considering I have a penis. And uh <laughs> and I'm not trying to get laid. Normally that's either you right. either you're a woman or you're trying to get laid when you start fucking with the horoscope shit. Exactly. So, but she read it. Gotta go find me a Sagittarius. Where's she at? (laughs) But hey, girl, I thought we were gonna meet because our moons are the same. (laughs) (laughs) What's your sign? Stop sign. Uh, I I was Sandra read mine, and I liked it, man. It like motivated me. She her Hmm. her thing for the year. I'm I'm sure they're all positive. But yeah. she read me the thing for cancers. I'm a cancer. And she read me the thing for cancer. And it made me feel like, you know yeah. what? I'm going to make it happen. I'm not going to just all, believe again, it's going to happen. I'm going to make it happen. They're all positive, though. They're all positive. Yeah. I mean, when was the last time you read a horoscope that was like, yeah, you should just pack it in. This is not your year. Yeah, this ain't your year, bro. <laughs> Come back next year. <laughs> <laughs> your your team's about to get their ass whooped. <laughs> if, you're, if you're a Libra, your team about to get their ass whooped. Though, so don't even watch the game, all right? Yeah. Yeah, you should lower your expectations for this year. Yeah, Good for no, but mine was saying like this. Is... <laughs> no, I was telling me, you know what it said? This year is gonna prepare you for next year because next year is your year, and I kind of <laughs> like that it said that. 
talk about a punt on this yeah, year. Yeah, hole and all. Yeah, it's like keeping your hopes up. Hey, man, this year fucking sucks. But I'm, <laughs> my horoscope was right in that case. Or, damn, this year was fucking awesome. Wait till next year. Oh, man, that's funny. Yeah, man. It was fun. It was a fun little exercise we did at 12.02 in the morning, mm. 2024. Mm. Nice. I don't know. But thank y'all for checking this out, man. It's been a real, real fun uh, episode of uh, SpinFL, man. Uh, we'll be back soon with the uh, final week predictions and talking about the playoff uh, situation and hoping for our teams, man. We'll see what happens. It'd be nice if both our teams made it in. But until then, it's been John the Rollins. Skip is Hora. Peace. Later, y'all. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market.